0: Acts chapter 14. It's been a few weeks since we've been here in this passage. We had the service at the park a couple weeks ago. Last week we had the uh, our high school, our school graduation. And so tonight we're back here in Acts chapter 14. I feel like we've been in Acts a very long time, and we're just about, after this chapter, at the half, halfway point. So we still got a ways to go here in the book of Acts. Acts chapter number 14. And look down with me. We're in the middle of Paul and Barnabas and their missionary journeys. And doesn't that sound like exciting? A missionary journey. That just sounds exciting, doesn't it? Makes you think, wow, a missionary journey. And, you know, nowadays I see, and I went on a missions trip last summer. And that missions trip, I, or last spring it was, a year ago. And I enjoyed my time down in Mexico, being at the church down there. But I stayed in a nice hotel. I ate really good food. It was a little different than Paul and Barnabas, their missionary journey that they went on. In a few weeks, the beginning of August, so the wins, Joe Wynne, we support him and his wife. They're in Ensenada, Mexico down there. And he um, I saw him at a meeting probably about six weeks ago and when we were there, he's like he's like you know, he's like, Where's the other half of you? I'm like, haha, very funny, whatever. We were talking, he's like, so my church, his dad, his dad's Kevin Wynn and his dad has a church of thousands in Mexico City. It's a monstrous ministry. And he's like, we've been in Ensenada for like five years or so, and he's like, we have not had any pastors from America come down and preach. He's like, I'm worried that if they come, they're going to be unimpressed by the size of the ministry that I have here. And why would they come? And these are my words. I said, if someone will only come to your church because based on the size of your ministry and they care about what the size of your ministry is, you don't want that guy coming. And I, wouldn't pay, I wouldn't even have them pay me five bucks to let them speak in my church. He's like, great, so when are you coming this summer to be my first one? He got me. He got me. So I'm going to be going down to Ensenada the beginning of August somewhere for a couple of days. We'll see how that goes. If anybody has their passport and wants to go along, we can make a little fun trip together and do it and uh, have fun going into Tijuana and all that good stuff right there. You say, I wouldn't. Do you realize if God wants you doing something and living for the just live and serve God. You literally, you know, just the other day that, a- that car accident, I know you're like, you're mentioning it again. You have today to live for Jesus. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You leave the future in God's hands and you live today and give God your very best today. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what a few hours from now holds. And so, anyways, but I don't picture my missionary journey or my missions trip. It's nothing. And we look at these different things, it's nothing like what Paul and Barnabas experienced. And you look at the title of my message tonight When Things Don't Go As Planned. I picture, and when I read the Bible, I like to picture what's going on. And I could just picture when Paul and Barnabas, when they, when they were selected by the Spirit of God to go be missionaries, and the church lays their hands, they ordain and send them out. I just picture they're probably thinking, we're going to go see people saved. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best experience in the entire world. And there was some great experiences. But I don't think they had planned what was going to take place that we're going to read about tonight. So look at Acts 14, look down at verse number 8 with me. It says, And there sat." And so if you remember, if you go up a few verses, let's, let's go back to the beginning of chapter 14, just so it's been a few weeks. Because I know you don't remember what I preached this morning. I don't expect you to remember three weeks ago on Sunday night. And so look at verse 1. It came to pass in Iconium, that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake there was a great multitude, both of Jews and also Greeks, that believed. And the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil. They poisoned the people against these missionaries, Paul and Barnabas. But it says in verse 3, "...that long time therefore abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided." And part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. Some wanted to believe, and some had already been poisoned to the point where they didn't want nothing to do with what they said. Verse 5 says, And when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles, so they literally went after them here, and also the Jews with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it, and fled into Lystra and Derbe, cities of uh, Lyconia, and under the region that lieth round about, and there they preached the gospel. So they heard that they were going to probably get, they wanted to stone them there and set a trap for them. So they heard it, they left, and they went someplace else to preach the gospel. Now we read tonight about what happens when they went to the next place to preach the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. And the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. Now I always, when when we read things like that, not only did the guy get up and walk, he leaped up. Just think with me for a minute. Sometimes I don't think we put enough, we don't think enough about what the Bible says. This guy's never walked in his life. But to leap up and then walk. That takes some faith, right? If you've never done it. Because you're literally think about this. If you've never walked and let's just say you're sitting leap what if your legs don't stand and you fall down? That would look and hurt a lot wouldn't it? You leap up and fall? That is one thing to say, say rise up and walk and be like that's one way but that's not what the bible says it says he leaped up that was faith right there i'd have been like i'll go slow Just make sure it's going to be all right so see this guy's healed right and when the people saw what paul had done they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of lyconia the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men Man, Paul, you got people wanting to stone you before, and now you're likened to a god? Keep on reading. And they called Barnabas Jupiter, and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker, they give them these fancy godlike names. Wow, you're almost stoned to death and leave a city, and now you heal somebody, and now you're on a god level with these people? Then the chief, then the priest of Jupiter, which was before the city brought oxen and garland. And so they're getting ready to make a little worship thing here and a sacrifice to these gods. Things have changed quite a bit. They're there to preach the gospel, and they've got this happening. Their names have been changed. The priest is there, and they're getting ready to have do some things. And would have done sacrifice with the people, it says. Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, They rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out, and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, in that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, scarce restrained they the people, that they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium. Isn't that where he left Iconium? yeah who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing him he had been dead. Howbeit as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. I don't think that was the plan their plan was to go give the gospel anywhere they could in Iconium they get pushed out really so they go to Lystra as we read here this man gets healed this man who had never walked a day in his life he gets healed and what do the people do they make them gods and they have their priest that's going to offer sacrifices and Barnabas and Paul You know, I love the fact they could have very easily taken on a big name for themselves and been very popular, and all the people there worshiping them like they were gods. But they were more concerned about what the God of heaven thought than what the people of the city thought. And we see the fact that they tell them the truth, and then those Jews that had been in Iconium come to Lystra there, and they stone Paul. And he says, dead. Dead. You know how Paul at one time talks about there's this guy that doesn't like to talk about the fact that he went up to the third heaven and the things that he saw this is probably the time that this happened to Paul he was as dead they thought he had died the next day he goes back and he is with Barnabas and continues on preaching the gospel when things don't go as planned what do you do? Father, bless the next few minutes that we have this evening. We thank you for the love that you have for us. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. And I pray that as we look at this passage tonight, that you would help us and guide us in the midst of it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. During their missionary journeys, they experienced a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of craziness. And... As we look here, what we see is when the gospel is preached, there will be adversity. I don't care if it's 2000 years ago or if it's today, there's adversity when the gospel's preached. Now, we we are so soft today, we face nothing like they did in Bible days. That could change at any time. And if you just look in the, just look in the past several months how much our culture shifted. It's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. You know, I am glad to see, though, that people quit drinking There was uh, Budweiser a little bit. I know they go to different ones, but it doesn't... It, I like calling it Bud Dumber. It's not Budweiser. But anyways, that's my thought there. And I like to see that Target loses $10 billion in revenue in one week. I like seeing things like that. I do like that. I think that's, that shows that there's still... Some people with some common sense in America, just a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, there are people, people ask me, where's your, where do you stand on not going to stores and doing all those things? Whatever God leads you to do, you do what God leads you to do. And I would encourage you, wherever you stand on things, be consistent with what you do. And I think that's a great way to do it, be consistent. And even, and this is the thing, you could go, in all reality, we'll t- target You can go into Walmart, and they have their own pride section. Sam's Club does. It's all over the place today. And if you were to really pick and choose, you really could almost shop nowhere today and do anything. So if you, you know, there are some people, well, I, 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 people trying to, I don't know why people come to me and tell me this stuff. It's like, well, I still am shopping at, good, you shop at Target. Do whatever you got to do. You know, at Target, my boy's pants we bought a while back, If you, within a year, if you have them and they get holes, you can return them. They give you a full refund for another pair. So I already bought them a long time ago, so I'm going to take them back when they get holes and I'll get them another pair. And you say, well, that's just, then you don't do that, but then don't go to Starbucks and don't go to lots of other places. Be balanced with it. This is the thing, and we live in a dark day. And you do got to pick, we got to pick battles. There are things to stand. This coming week, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, our our uh, school, Chino Valley School District, the, they're having an important board meeting this week. and the board meeting, I've seen the agenda. You can find it online. They're voting about not allowing any flags in public schools except for the American flag. Now that's a good thing. So no more, they can't have that pride flag there. So they're going, there is going to be a lot of adversity there this week. And our school board here in Chino is very conservative at the moment. And, they are pi- and I pray for them because they are really picking a lot of battles. And you stir up enough of those people, they're going to vote their people in and then change it all back. So you don't want to go too far, but you do want to stand for what's right. And where you do all of that, I'm glad I'm not on the school board. But they are looking, they're looking for Christians to go be at the school board meeting on Thursday night. I probably would be down there this Thursday if I wasn't out of town. It's going to be at Don Lugo at 6 o'clock this Thursday, if anybody's interested in going over there. And then in the middle of July, there's one about the books that are in the schools that's going to, that they're trying to pass. So there's a couple things coming up for our local schools here. And you might say, well, I don't have any children. And do, do you realize that if you pay taxes— your money goes for the schools. So if you are paying for these schools, you, sh- you, do, you could have a voice about it if you want to. And so, but we look at it. Where everything is headed, it's only a matter of time that for me to preach what the Bible says, it'll be hate. And so be it then. The Bible's still true, no matter what anyone says. And if our world doesn't agree... Last time I checked, they've never agreed with God and his book, and I don't expect them to change. I just expect the pressure behind us to get harder than what it is today, and we could see that before too long. As we look at this and we see the adversity that is taking place, God have got to understand something. God is there in the midst of it working in these lives here. As this missionary journey unfolds and as they are threatened to get stoned in one place, they go to a new city and this guy receives, he's healed. And yet we see all these things unfold before our eyes. I want you to realize something. God was still working in the midst of it. And God still works in the midst of adversity, in the mer- midst of persecution. And so we look at our text tonight. Number one, as we dive in, if you've got your notes there, we see the power of God on Paul. We see the power of God on Paul. God's spirit, God's power was all over Paul. Now, may I just I've had people ask me, well, oh, Pastor, what do you mean by God's power was on him? God's Spirit was on him. He was filled with the Spirit of God. There's a difference between the filling of the Spirit and the indwelling of the Spirit. You gotta understand, the moment you get saved, the moment you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God indwells you from that moment. It's not one of those things where you have to later on be baptized with the Holy Ghost and He comes upon you later. No, the moment of salvation, the Spirit of God indwells the believer. Say, well, we've read passages in Acts, and it didn't work that way. There was times that they had to wait for the apostles to come, and then they were filled with the Spirit. That was a sign, and it was the first time it was happening. It was to authenticate what was taking place. We don't need anything authenticated today because we have the Word of God and God's Word lays it out plain and simple for all of us. So we understand that being indwelt by the Spirit of God happens when you get saved. But there's a difference between just being indwelt by the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit of God. Because in the book of Ephesians it talks about, it says, Be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That was written to save people. So that means saved people need to be filled with the Spirit of God. The book of Galatians talks about that the Spirit and the flesh, they lust against one another. And that we need the fruits of the Spirit. These should be in our lives. And so when we look and we think about this tonight, when you get saved, the Spirit indwells us. Then the question becomes, what are you filled with? Are you filled with the Spirit of God and His power? Or are you filled with your flesh? You cannot have both. It doesn't work that way. And far, and we have a lot of powerless Christians today because we're full of ourselves and our flesh and there's no spirit of God working inside of us. And just as a drunk man is under the influence of whatever he's drunk by, we as believers need to be not drunk, but we need to be filled with God's Spirit, and it should make a difference in our lives. Just as someone under the influence of alcohol, their senses are impaired, things are, and they don't realize what they're, some things they're doing. They don't have sense on certain things. When you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're going to live more like Jesus. You're going to talk more like Jesus. You're going to be more bold for Jesus. You're going to take a stand for Jesus Christ, and that's one of the signs of it. As we see here with Paul, he's bold in his witness, and the power of God is resting on him. As we see this, number one, we see our letter A, we see there was a real need. There was a man here that had never walked a day in his life. This man was, from his mother's womb, was impotent, as it says here. And when Paul preached, this man, he responded to the message. And you'll notice as you look here, it says, the same heard Paul speak. Who's steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Who's that talking about? That's Paul. Paul sees this man is focused in. this man is paying attention. And Paul sees this man has the faith to be healed. The faith in Paul or the faith in God? The faith in God. There's a man with a real need. And not only do we see a man with a real need, but letter B, we see real power take place here. You know, I'm not talking about, this isn't one of Benny Hinn's little get-togethers. And he's not pushing you over and slaying you in the spirit and healing you. And I know, uh, you know, I could go down a list of things. People, is any of those healing things real? It's a tough question to answer. I never got to meet my grandma, but my mom's mom claims that when she was seven years old, And my mom believes it, that her mom was healed of something at a prayer service at a church. Is it possible? I think it's possible. When you have the Benny Hinn celebrity status, and you want to see something funny sometime, and maybe you don't think stuff like this is funny. I do, but they have, you could type in YouTube Benny Hinn and Star Wars, and he's got, so they put, they they put a lightsaber in his hand. So as he's slaying someone, you know, and then they're falling over, it's pretty funny. But anyways, and some of you might not think something like that's funny. But you, I would rather see something like that funny than laugh at a dirty commercial or something like that. But anyways, you could, whatever, whatever. But Benny Hinn and the stuff making a name for himself and building himself up. One thing that you know about the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God when he's working, he does not build himself up. He builds up Jesus Christ. A great way to tell if something is of the Spirit of God or of another. There are other spirits out there. Have you realized that? There are. And if the Spirit is not building and lifting up Jesus Christ, but building up itself, it's probably not the right Spirit that's at work. There's real power that takes place here. We see the power of God working in this man's life. And as we look at this, you know, you understand, we realize tonight we don't go around like the apostles and heal people. We don't. And did you know they didn't heal anybody either? Jesus healed them. It was, think about when... Peter and John walked into the temple, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You see, they didn't really heal anybody either. The Lord healed them. And I still believe the Lord can heal today. But when we look at this, we see the fact that God's power, and as if we're going to do ministry, if we're going to witness and we're going to share the gospel and do these things, we need real power in our lives. Hey, as the world gets worse and when they get to the point where persecution starts coming, we need the power of God on us so we'll be bold enough to stand up and do what's right. Because a power-filled Christian will be bold enough to stand up for right. A Christian that will not stand up for right is a Christian that is a powerless Christian and the Spirit of God is not working in them. It's the truth. There are times I'm bold and there are other times I'm not. And I believe the difference between the times that I'm bold and the times that I'm not is when I'm doing it in my flesh and when I'm doing it in the spirit. Cuz when we do it in the flesh, we care what everyone else thinks. How many of you be honest, how many of you care what other people think of you? We all do at times. And I else not me, not me, not me. We all kind of do at times. We do. That's our flesh. The Spirit is more concerned about the things of God and pleasing God more than pleasing men. Which if we're going to stand for what's right as things get worse in our world, you better be filled with the Spirit of God and get your flesh out of the way. Those that we read about, the martyrs in the, fo- in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, and those martyrs that have gone before us, they were filled with the power of God. Filled with the power of God, and that's what we need tonight. And we see the Bible's very clear about these things. The Bible tells us about the Lord in, in Ephesians 3, verse number 20. Now on him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And by Ephesians 6, 10, the Bible tells us, be strong, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. A great thing for us Christians to realize is he doesn't tell you to be strong in yourself. I have many people, I'm just, Pastor, I I need to to be strong. No, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You and I are not strong enough. We think we are. That's where we get ourselves in trouble. Sometimes we just think too much. We just need to take what God's word says and follow what it says and it would help us all out. A great deal. We see, number one, tonight, we see the power of God on Paul. Number two, we see here that there's no place for pride in the work of God. If at any time Peter or Barnabas, sorry, Paul or Barnabas could have had, you know, when we look at these names and the apostles' names, Peter, Paul; those names are pretty close. They could have just given different, different, you know, first letters and different names to make them so I don't confuse the two. But I think about what it says in Peter, First Peter chapter five, verse number five and six says: "Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder; yea, all they will be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves therefore unto the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time." As we look here, we see the power of God on Paul, but we also see there's no place for pride. As we read through verse number 11 through verse number 18 here, we see some things happen. First of all, we see letter A, the fact that the pagan worshipers treated Paul and Barnabas as gods. And that's purposely a small g, because there's only one God. They're treating them as gods. And this is, it's kind of a bizarre thing to happen here. But you know, in, the, in Greek and Roman mythology and things, and the people at Lystra, the different Zeus, Jupiter, Hermes, Mercury, all these different things would come down and visit people at times. And so people here believed that Paul and Barnabas were literally these gods coming down and visiting them at that time. But I want you to realize something. This was not these gods coming down. This was the power of the ultimate God working in their midst, and they missed it there. What we see is the pagans treated them as gods, and they could have easily accepted the worship. Well, let's put it this way. They were full of the Spirit of God, weren't they? They weren't going to do it. They're full of their flesh, they could have. But they're full of the Spirit here. Big difference. Big difference why it's so important the work of God that we're full of spirit and not full of flesh. There's a lot of people that do the work of God in the flesh and it doesn't profit anything. We see the pagan worshippers treat them as God but we see letter B we see the response from the missionaries and we see the response. They tore their robes and that was, you think about remember when the high priest tore his robe off because he felt that Jesus had spoken heresy, blasphemy that was a jewish response to heresy or blasphemy and so when they're worshiping them as gods you see that they rent their clothes it says in this passage here what they were doing is they were not saying they were they were they were saying this so this is heresy we are not gods we serve the one true god is what they were saying right here and may i just remind you that any religion out, that worships anyone but Jesus Christ and him alone is a vain religion that is heresy and blasphemous that no one should ever follow I mentioned how after the car accident happened I'm in the tow truck with the guy and he's like you're a Christian aren't you like yes and I thought he's going to say I'm a Christian I'm a Mormon wonderful wonderful and we got talking, and he said that he was a Christian for many years. And that he, his wife, he's been married to her for 26 years. And one day, she finally convinced him to go to her Mormon church with her. And the Mormons were so friendly to him. So friendly to him. And he's like, I learned more in one service there than what I learned in years at my Christian church I went to. He's like, literally... The pastor at my church would preach out of the same book of the Bible for 20 years. And anytime new people would come, every message was just straight the gospel. And I'm for gospel messages. But you need more to grow. And so I'm sitting there in the car, and I had just been in the accident and things. And I'm like, well, I said, I'm glad, I'm glad you're finding for yourself what you need and things. But if you've been in Christianity for any length of time... And if you're saved, the spirit of God's inside of you, and I'm sure he's going to convict you that it's probably, not the, it's probably not the place you should be. And he kind of gave me a look. I said, people can be friendly, and there are bad pastors all over the place, but the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if a religion doesn't teach that, I wouldn't get near it with a 10-foot pole. And I It's great that people are friendly, and there are good people there. But I said, I'm going to pray that you are wise enough to discern what's right and what's not. Our conversation turned a little bit in the car the rest of the way. He wasn't quite as friendly as he was. But it would have been wrong for me just to agree with him and leave it at that. Because it's not, there's a big difference in the two. In any religion, I don't care... talking to a good Catholic the other day. There are good Catholics out there. Do you realize that? There are a lot of good people in a lot of these different religions out there. But when you exalt Mary, or you have a Pope and a priest that you exalt, and you look to others other than Jesus Christ for your hope of salvation, they're wrong. It's vain. It's empty. And I want you to understand something. We don't need people, we don't need to try to combine it either and make it work. There's a lot of that in our world today. We can combine this and that and we'll just all come to Jesus and we'll coexist together. N- it doesn't work that way. There is one way to heaven, it's Jesus Christ. And if you want to call your God someone else and worship him and think you're going to the same place, you're going down a different road and that all roads lead to hell except the one that leads to, from Jesus to heaven people don't like that but it's the truth and that's just how it is what we read here they were pointing people to the living savior to god that's what paul and barnabas were doing even though they were trying to make them gods here we see there's no place for pride when it comes to doing god's work and then we see lastly tonight number three we see the response to persecution Verse 19 and 20, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul. So it was done. Now, I've mentioned to you before, stoning somebody is not like going out to our planters out front and picking up a little rock. And that's not stoning somebody. It's literally a pit area where the person is tied in there and you are heaping boulders down on these people. That's what, that's what stoning is. He had been stoned. He was there as he was dead. Did he die and the Lord resurrected him? It doesn't quite say that, but that's sure what it looks like to me. As we look and see what happens here, we see letter A, we see the stoning of Paul. Paul. And do you realize that same crowd that had been in the other places they had come and they persuaded? And do you see, the wrong crowd's going to try and persuade people too. As we try to persuade people to Jesus Christ, the wrong crowd's going to try and persuade. You see that in our world today? Our world's trying to persuade our children and persuade everybody down a certain path. They're trying to get everyone going a certain way. They don't want us doing it. We got, I got my vacation Bible school ad up on Facebook. there's this guy, every time I post an ad, he always puts some stupid comment on there. Why would we want you to indoctrinate our kids? Why would we want this and that? And I just remove his comment and delete him from being there. And it's like he changes to a different guy or something, but it's like, it's always the same comment. And it's like, I want to indoctrinate our kids with the Bible so they don't have to learn anything from you, you idiot. But anyways... I don't want this world teaching my children nothing. And some of you that are dumb enough to let this world teach your children every little thing, you're an idiot. And that's as pleasant and as nice as I can say it. This world wants nothing other than to destroy your children and make them weak and make them not love God and make them not even know what they are, who they are, or what they're doing in life. It's amazing to me that in other countries in China, they're teaching their boys how to be men and teaching their girls how to be girls, and here we're teaching everybody to be the opposite of things. So when there's a real war someday, there's going to be some that know how to fight, and there's going to be ones that don't know what clothes to put on for the fight. (laughs) You think I'm kidding? That's true! That's very true! We laugh, but that's, it's sad! It's sad! Literally, you can can see it before our eyes. I don't know where that all came from, but I was in an accident the other day. My brain still hasn't come fully back, so I apologize for anything that I've said that don't use this or hold it against me. I'm sure YouTube's going to give me a strike tonight for that one. And so, good old YouTube. I've been waiting for strike number two. But anyways, let's finish up. Letter B, we see even the the stoning of, of Paul. We see his faithfulness. Think about it for a second. There was a group of people that just stoned you, and you're dead, basically. It might be time just to crawl away and go home and just relax a little bit. Look what it says. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up. And not only did he rise up, he goes right back into the city. Whoa, just think about that for a minute. I, lo- I love Paul. I love him. Because, man, you read about when he was Saul and how he hated Christianity and how he did everything he could to destroy it. Now he's a Christian, and he's be- he's dead, and they're all mourning- they're mourning him. Do you realize that? They're mourning Paul, and they're mourning him and looking at him sad, and he stands up and walks right back into the city and just going to keep doing it. That's what Christianity should be. That's what should happen. He rose up, kept walking, and he kept preaching. And did you know, look at what it says, the next day he departed with Barnabas to, Dar- to Derby. Forty miles they walked the next day. That's a long ways. He kept going. You know, the best way to answer your critics is just to keep going. And at the rescue mission, as I go there on Tuesdays, we've been going through the book of Nehemiah with them. And Samballot, Tobiah, the different people there, what was the best way to respond to their attacks? Nehemiah, we're doing a great work for God. I don't have time for you. Just keep doing the work. Paul is stoned. Paul's left is dead. And he did what was right. Look love how the Bible tells in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We Look at those verses that are right there in your notes, the last ones there, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 through 14. Let's read those together and we'll be done. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed and not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies, for, which, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Paul says, we're beaten down but we just keep on going because it's Jesus Christ, the one who conquered death, the one who lives again. He's going to get us through. And if Paul could be stoned to death and get back up and keep going for God, then because someone calls you a weird name or someone closes a door on you or someone hurts your feelings for being a Christian or posts something bad about you being a Christian on Facebook, we get bothered, you can keep going too like Paul did. How we need to stand for what's right and what true christianity we see in paul and i hope that as our world continues going the way it's going that we as god's people will stand up for the truth and be bold like paul and wipe our wipe the dust off our shoes and just keep going just keep witnessing keep sharing keep giving the truth because the only hope our world has today the only hope is jesus And last time I checked, the Holy Spirit of God is still working. God still wants people saved. He's still working in people's lives. So let's be busy doing God's work and be busy doing what he's called us to do. When the hard times come, be filled with the Spirit of God and keep doing what's right. Father, we